Hello, this is Belisa Burrell of Dallas, Texas. I am the founder and CEO of Narrative Evolution, and today I talked with Dr. Brian H. Williams about my experience being a woman of color in marketing and the work that I do to ensure that the uh, voices of people of color are um, elevated. And you are listening to Race, Violence, and Medicine. Welcome to Race, Violence, and Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Brian H. Williams, and I am sitting here in a cafe in Uptown Dallas, just having had a fascinating discussion with Miss Valisa Burrell. Hey, first of all, Valisa, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me. This was not a planned uh, interview, but I said, hey, you got some stuff to say, so let's go ahead and get this recorded to share with my audience. So. Well, Lisa, why don't you tell you uh, run narrative? Oh, God, I already messed up the name. God, dog, I cannot believe this. This is an absolute host fail, y'all. But anyway, Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure. No worries. It's Narrative Evolution Communications, and it's a marketing firm. I work with pretty much everyone, but specifically people who are really good at what they do um, and either don't have the time or uh, really the want to promote their work. Um, and I get it, sometimes promotions can feel icky, um, you feel like, yeah, I'm doing really cool stuff, but nobody wants to hear about that, you almost start like tucking yourself in. Um, and I help pull those people out and, and talk about why the work that they do, the services or the product, are really exciting, get them excited about the process, and then help other people know about what they do. So we're going to get more into that, but what I, what I, I find fascinating, or one of many things, is that African-American women work in this field that is dominated by white men. So tell us about that experience. Oh, yeah. Um, how long is this podcast? Um, so it's, um, it can be challenging, uh, especially, uh, you know, a lot of previous roles that I've had, uh, you are the only one. Um, you wonder, um, you know, do people understand where I'm coming from? If I point out something that could be a potential issue, are people going to think that I'm being difficult? Um, and then adding on the layer, I remember when I, early in my career, I went natural. And thankfully, I didn't worry and I didn't really get too much pushback about that. But that's another layer of bringing your true self to work. So explain some, some people might not understand what going natural means. Sure. So um, early probably maybe 10 or 11, um, my mom started chemically processing my naturally curly hair to straighten it, which I don't blame her at all. It's pretty common. Um, and then right after I graduated, so probably around 22, 23, I decided to stop processing my hair. And in order to do that, I had to cut off the hair that was processed. And at that point, it was pretty short. But I mean, like, I came into work with hair. I left at lunch, told my hairdresser to cut my hair off. And I came back with about an inch of hair. Don't, don't get me wrong, I was cute. But it was probably jarring for the people that I work with. Thankfully, nobody except for one person said something. He was like, oh, cute. And so I actually felt really good about that process because I was like, I don't want to have to explain this to y'all. So that's, a, I, mean, I mean, that's a whole other show altogether, right, is, is 
um, black women's hair and treating it versus going going natural. And but w underneath that is all about your identi identity. And you mentioned bringing your tr your true self to work. So I can imagine that that was a, a difficult decision for you to make. Mm -hmm. And then wondering how that would impact your career moving forward. So uh, that was a very visible like. This is me, this is who I am, Let, let's move forward. Now back to the, uh, the communications part. Uh, you know, I, I would think that there are different ways to get the message out, and we talk about how diversity of thought is important to get our organizations to make the best decisions and uh, for productivity and satisfa satisfaction and retention. In your job, you're trying to help people bring out the best in their own different messages. Um, you're functioning in a space that is not dominated by people like you. So what do you bring to the table that, say, if I were going to go to somebody else, would not get? The wonderful thing about being an independent contractor, and, and I wouldn't be who I am as a professional and just as myself, and I wouldn't be where I am in my career without the network that I've built. So I've been very purposeful, especially since I've gone out on my own, in not only seeking out other people of color, specifically black women, to make sure that the experiences that I've had aren't uh, outliers, but also in helping me um, to shape and understand what's unique about my perspective. And I'm not saying that black women or even people of color are a monolith, because um, we have different socioeconomic backgrounds. I, you know could outwardly appear to be African-American, but could be Dominican. So there's, there are definitely um, intersections to everyone's experience, and, and that is where their value lies. So, for example, my background is in travel, tourism, and hospitality. And it's so heavy in the storytelling, so heavy in the visual communications. Um, and I was on the luxury side, so you definitely are talking about this very rich experience. All of that knowledge and the um, projects that I've worked on, the campaigns that I've worked on, the people that i worked with inform what I then bring to someone who's putting together a soap line and really is talking about, you know, why they use the specific ingredients that they use and the ways they give back. Um, one really fortunate part of my career that's kind of overlapped with the work that I've done is being part of Colorcom. Um, Colorcom is an international organization for women of color and communications. And it was built out of the founder um, having a brunch with women that, you know, had the same experience she did where you're often one or maybe two people of color, women of color at your office. You're working, you know, she was based in D.C. at the time. So you're working in these kind of coastal elite cities um, with people who are a very homogenous group. You know, you come from the same colleges, you come from the same backgrounds, you all know each other, and then there's you. <laughs> I, I can relate to that experience. And, and so, you know, you don't have anyone who understands, like, yeah, please stop saying woke, because if I hear woke one more time, I'm going to snap on somebody, like, it's, this is not what it is, or stop asking me what fleek means, on fleek, fleek, fleeky, whatever, like, stop making assumptions about my experience and actually listen to me as a person. Um, so let's explore that a little bit. Um, I get where you're coming from, but someone who's on the other side that's saying that may just not get it, right? They may not see how offensive that is, and then they make you feel bad for 
people are pointing it out, and it's just this never-ending back and forth. So, how do you how do you bridge that in your professional life? One of one of the best books I've ever read is The Four Agreements, and it's Don't Take Things Personally. It was one of the agreements, and it's such a hard lesson to learn because you do. I gotta say, I love you mentioned the. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. I, I mean, you're the guest, you matter. But the Four Agreements, like I just, I actually have that printout. It is posted. It was in my office before I left, uh, right by the light switch. So when I came in, boop, Four Agreements. When I left saw the same thing, but now it's, it's hanging up on the uh, mirror in my bathroom, so I see it every morning. But yes, Four Agreements, highly recommend that book. It's so simple, principles to live by. Anyway, Valisa, get at it. <laughs> it, 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 it. It seems so simple, like, don't take things personally, but I swear, I, I have myself internalized things that had nothing to do with me, and I have experienced someone taking things personally, and it's like, yo, it, it's not that deep, like, I'm, I'm not saying or doing anything with you in mind but you're taking it and and like you said it becomes instead of I'm trying to help you understand the ways in which you could be possibly offending people and now all of a sudden I'm dealing with your tears I, I, I number one please stop crying <laughs> it, it's a lot of emotions and it's like it's 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 not intended to offend it's not intended to make you feel any way other than educated but also step back and see the lesson that someone's trying to help you understand so that the next time that someone tries to tell you this lesson, they might not be as nice. And But also with that, like African-Americans and people of color, along with that, we're always expected to be the one apologizing. What do you say about that? I just, I just rolled my eyes so hard that I think I broke one. It, it, it is, it is. And I'm not going to, and I, and I say this with a period at the end, I'm not going to upspeak. I'm not going to, sorry with, I'm sorry, but I'm not responsible for your feelings. I'm just, I'm not. And I don't say that like I'm, and I write after the sentence, I'm going to start being offensive. I'm saying that in, and when I step into this space, I don't apologize for the way that I take up space. I don't apologize for the experiences that I've had and the ways that they lead me to in, engage and interact with people. I lead with respect. I lead with grace. Um, I, I take a long time sometimes to think before I speak because I want to make sure that I'm understood. Um, I don't like speaking in generalities. I want you to understand what I'm saying number from like the jump. Um, but ultimately, I'm not responsible for your feelings. Right. I can tell you, I spent all, I spent too much time apologizing. And I, 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 yeah, I know. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just done apologizing. Doesn't mean I'm going to be combative. That was kind of like, even then, I was kind of apologizing, right? <laughs> I'm already qualified, like, it's okay. But yeah, I, but I, I totally get what you're saying. So you, move, you moved out on your own, you're working on your own. So that's, that in and of itself is an inspiring story for anyone, uh, a woman of color that's struck on her own, has her own business, your, your own boss. Uh, tell us about where you're planning to take narrative evolution. I, I got it right this time. Oh. <laughs> I saw you like the words. I, I got I got my head in my, my I got to do a face palm right now. So I'm like, God, am I messing this up again right in front of this woman? <laughs> All right, we got it. narrative revolution. Um, so it's been a wonderful journey. This is third year of business, and I've been so fortunate. Um, the clients that I've worked with, the relationships that I've built between business and then with Colorcom, working with agencies and, and really helping them understand not only the needs of the employees that they already have, but how to build a qualified pipeline because that's the feedback that we gave. What's the pipeline? What's the pipeline? We're right here. You can come and talk to us. You can understand what our own individual professional goals are and then make sure that your culture 
fits that need and not just exist objective of anybody else's goals because they're serving other people but they're not serving us and that's why we leave that's why I ended up leaving um, so going forward um, I want to expand on the the mission driven work that I've been able to do with Colorcom and working with agencies um, and, and hearing the, the stories of the women that work in these agencies and ensure that number one that once people and I say people because it's not just women I've been working with women but this affects men as well um, and non-binary um, that they're feeling like the agencies and the companies that are working for in the communication space are really serving their needs and it's no longer an excuse of well we don't know what we don't know well there are people that can help you with that so um, I'm, I'm looking into what that looks like to continue the work with the agencies but also continue to listen to the stories of the people that have been impacted by the work of the chapter and how I can help them going forward um, it's been monumental and um, I'll continue to serve the clients that I work with as well, um, and, but there's such an intersection between those two that I just feel driven and called to, to keep being in service. So I, I would ask one last question, because what you just said made me think about something. Even though you talk a lot about your experience as an African-American woman and working with Colorcom, you do not limit your, or do, sorry, do you limit your practice to just serving people of color, or is it more about bringing out the best message and mission in anyone that wants to come work with you, but you just have a particular area of expertise. Um, I would say more to the secondary side. So I'm never going to say I won't service you because you're a white man or a white woman or Latin. Like, it, that doesn't make sense. I don't want to be restrictive in the work that I do. I also, um, nothing. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if, if I were a white business, I would not say I'm not going to go to her because she doesn't work with people like that. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Uh, how, how specialize. Yes. No, no, no. I am not uh, a strictly multicultural marketing. I am right. general marketing. So right. I think that that speaks to Yeah. So um, while I do have a specific passion around um, supporting women of color, the work that I do is general market. All right. So you, you have your passion, um, but you are inclusive. I mean, that's a lesson for life for everyone, right? Well, Felisa Burrell, thank you for your time on the show today. Co-founder, president, or founder, president, CEO, Narrative Evolution. If our uh, listeners want to track you down later, how can we find you? I'm everywhere. Um, so first place I would recommend is to visit my website, narrativeevolution.com. Um, you can see a portfolio of work, previous work that I've done on behalf of clients, and then I also write content. So some of the pieces that I've written are on there. Um, and then find me on Twitter because I have a lot of opinions and I share them mostly there. My first name, totally got to spell this because it's not common. It's V as in Victor, E-L-E-I-S-A. And my Twitter handle is at Valisa P, the letter P as in Paul. Um, I'm on Instagram at Valisa P Burrell, two R's, two L's. Um, and those are the main places that I'm at. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And I want to thank you for listening. This is Race, Violence, and Medicine. I am your host, Dr. Brian H. Williams. And as always, I want to ensure that we deliver a show that is worth your while. So please send me your comments, critiques, and suggestions. You can do that at my website, brianwilliamsmd.com, and that's Brian with an I. And I'm mostly active on Twitter at BHWilliamsMD.
MD. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I will check in with you next week.